Rick Dayton Show is on the air on KDKA, seven minutes past three o'clock, and we have a very special presentation today. We have a panel discussion about what is happening with supply chain issues, and we are joined right now by a couple of small business owners and somebody else we have talked to about supply chain issues, and we are delighted to be able to bring this to you today from KDKA. One of them is Andy Amrine. Of course, you know him from the Saturday morning. Handy Andy is called the owner of Evie True Value Hardware. It is wonderful to have him in the studio with us. Andy, how are you? Rick, doing well. Love I'm, being here during the week. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And maybe <laughs> not so early as what you normally would be as well. Very we true. also were joined by Frank Dentisi. Frank, of course, with Coons Markets. Frank has been with us for many, many years on the Saturday morning programs, the Sunday morning shows. Frank, it's good to have you on KDKA as well. How are you, Frank? Doing good. Thank you. I know that there are an awful lot of issues that both of you are facing, and we've got another member of our panel, and his name is Jason Kilmeyer. Jason has been a chief of staff. He's covered a lot of global different issues, including supply chain issues in not only Washington, D.C., but also in New York, and he is the final member of our panel. Jason, thank you so much for being here. As we look forward to this discussion here today, Andy, I'm going to start with you. What are the issues that you are facing? Is it simply a matter of you not being able to get product or is it a matter that things are delayed and you can't get it the way you could before? Well, it's a little bit of both, Rick, but I'm going to say the major issue, it's not the delays, it's not getting it at all. Mm. Uh, I mean, and I, the list I could go on for, you know, from engines to lawnmowers to no snowblowers to no Christmas lights, no Christmas trees, no adhesive caulking. I mean, these are products that, um, you know, they're not just delayed, they're not coming. So, for instance, snow's going to come. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost December, and there will not be a single snowblower available for sale in this country. So these are actual products. That's these not are products. just off the top of your head. Oh, no, Th no, this is no. what you are dealing with. Those products you just mentioned, are, those are the real deals. There will be no snowblowers for this year's winter. You said Christmas None. decorations. Christmas decorations. We order Christmas decorations a year out. So November, December last year, we ordered all our products for this year. We got a little bit, teeny tiny bit. We got notification. The rest of the orders are canceled not just delayed, they are canceled. They're not shipping. So they will not ship them, or they were shipped, but they're on containers somewhere in the ocean, and they're not going to get here until May or something. But no Christmas lights, no blow-ups, no artificial trees. They're just, they're not delayed. They're right. not coming. Right. We are not going to have them. So, and I mean, and we have dozens of items like this, and it's not just like the grocery store and you can't get toilet paper. I can't get toilet paper either. But it's the entire paper industry. It's not just toilet paper. So it's your shop towels. It's your regular paper towels, your bounty towels, your you know toilet papers. Nothing in the paper industry part of it. You're just not there. The orders aren't coming. You know Whether you order every week or every month or you got orders out every week for the next two years, they're just not coming. They're right. not delayed. They're just not coming on it. So it's more of a supply issue. You know, yeah, maybe a little bit of trucking issues. Sure, that's going to be a problem also. Yeah. But it, it's more the manufacturing issue of the product itself, just getting it from the factories to us. They just don't have the products to ship. Frank, does this sound familiar? Are you dealing with the same thing in the grocery business at Coons Markets? Yeah, we're dealing with the same issues. Um, ours are the, the difference between ours is, you know, it's fresh products. We're dealing a lot with, like we're dealing with uh, beef, chicken, uh, the porks, uh, fresh produce, 
those are a little more predictable. We don't really have any shortages that we're dealing with. We're not really dealing too much with allotments, especially right now. We haven't had too much supply. Yeah, you see prices increasing on, on chicken wings. That's the common one you hear about. But um, that's, that's typical this time of year. It's a little more than usual. And most of that is just because whenever the pandemic was in its peak, uh, really last year, you know, and early this year, um, a lot of people were pulling from frozen stock, you know, that was in the freezers, mm-hmm. you know, and using that up. And now those freezers are empty. So when you see the prices going up, that's because they're not only are they, it's kind of a triple whammy where they have more demand in our grocery stores. They have more demand inside the restaurants, of course. And now they don't have backup for whenever the demand goes up. So we see some of that. Uh, hard goods in the middle of the store. Again, food's one of those things that's more, you know, we don't import it as much as what you do on hard goods. You know, if I had food out there on a container ship, you might as well just ship it back because it'd be bad by the time you make it. Yeah, right. Um, but we see is not so much the food itself on dry goods, on packaged goods. We're seeing what the pack, what it's packaged in. So there's a shortage of bottles, glass bottles. There's a shortage of aluminum to be able to make the cans. You know, those are the problems that they're running into. And so manufacturers have backed off on how many varieties of items they have. So you might have had, you know, like a craft dressing might have 30 varieties out there, but they may be focusing on just five. And then you'll see shortages on the other ones and the other goods that we get allotments on. So they're going to ship them, but, you know, everyone in the country is only getting this, getting so many. That's all you're getting. You know, and, right. so, and you'll see those come in probably once every couple weeks. It's very unpredictable. You know, we get heads up when manufacturers are going to shut down and when they're going to be cutting way back. But we really don't know when it's coming in. The same as what Andy was talking about. You know, unless it's something big that's really out there that you just know, sometimes whole lines don't come in. You know, what's going on? You know, we start talking to the manufacturers, to the warehouses, and find out what is the problem here. And most of the stories are the same because we're doing it domestically more than shipping things in. Most of it is, well, we had to cut back our staff, but we don't have enough staff. Mm-hmm. And I said, once we do have the staff, then I can't get enough of the truckers to be able to get it out. You know, our trucking costs, I'm sure Andy has seen it too. Mm-hmm. You know, our trucking costs itself have tripled. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very, getting, very getting, much triple, if not more. He talks about. Right. Jason, as you listen to these stories, Jason Kilmeyer joining us, former chief of staff, covered global defense, security, and justice and supply chain issues around the country and around the world. Does this seem to resonate with what you're hearing in other parts of the United States as well? It does. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, hearing it from these guys right here at home in Pittsburgh is echoing the things that I'm seeing, Rick, around the country. There was just an article, I think today or yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, where retailers, major retailers, L.L. Bean, Land's End, are sending out mass emails to their customers saying, if you want any chance of having gifts by Christmas, you need to order today. So imagine for the folks that aren't paying attention, and are thinking, oh, okay, I'll have access to that Thanksgiving turkey or those gifts under the tree. And as you heard with the snowblower example, that might not occur. Mm-hmm. Two things that I think are going to continue to exacerbate this, and this is what I'm trying to, as I'm on different interviews here, try to tell people that this is going to last into 2022. That labor issue impacts the trucking. We're now following an issue uh, uh, in trucking that talks about a shortage of diesel exhaust fluid. Right. So a supply issue that's then going to turn back around and kick the labor issue, make it harder for us to have 
the available trucks on the road. It's those types of cycles and those types of um, knots that you can tie yourselves into as supply chains start to become uh, tangled. Unbelievable. Jason Kilmeyer joining us, Frank Dentisi joining us, and Andy Amrine with us as well, talking about the supply chain issues that are out there, and they are significant. Rick Dayton Show on KDKA, special roundtable discussion about supply chain issues and what's going on out there. We are joined by Jason Kilmeyer, former chief of staff, covers things like global defense, security, and justice. Frank Dentisi with Coons Markets and Andy Amrine of EV True Value Hardware. Frank, we're going to go back to you as we talked about this. I mean, have you learned more about the trucking industry than you ever wanted to know? I mean, you're a grocer. You're in the food service business. It seems that you've had to, to pivot and learn about a lot of other things in the distribution chain, right? Right. We really had to learn a lot through the, through the year. Yeah, I've learned a lot more trucking, but I've learned more about shipping. You know, it's, it's funny to hear also the same things repeated on the news. You know, we get a few things uh, like frozen seafood will come over on, on containers a lot of our bags and packaging that you see for our products come on containers. A lot of it's coming in from, from China. A lot of our manufacturing has been moved there. And um, just knowing, you know, when you've got containers that used to cost $6,000 that are coming across at $29,000 now and not promising whenever you're going to get it, we're not used to this in the United States. You know, we're used to just placing our orders and it comes. You know, we're used to it says it'll be here the next day. Somehow, I don't know how it gets done, but it gets here the next day. And we don't have right now. It's really just kind of going back about 30 years and trying and, you know, making not just the call to place the order, but making making the call to make sure you're going to get it, you know, where when it's coming in, who's tra- who's transporting it, things that you don't really never used to do. Now you really have to worry about it. You know, we've had warehouses that couldn't ship for a few weeks. These are major businesses that ship to 48 states that couldn't ship for weeks because their drivers were off the job. Right. They took a vacation. They had extra money. They took a vacation. These are things you just didn't really hear of in the past. No. You know, and the solutions will come. They'll definitely come. Before the whole pandemic came, we had labor issues already. You know, this has just made it worse. And it'll it'll find its level. It's just finding that time in between and getting you know, through through this and right. making those phone calls and, and finding our products to be able to serve that customer. It's very important. We have, you know, we're serving the customers fresh food. You know, we can't let this chain break. Right. No, you know, Frank, for the uh, first time, I mean, I've been in the industry 48 years, and I have had to source trucking, independent truckers, that when I do find some merchandise that we've been searching for, um, and the manufacturer cannot get me the product because they have no trucks. So I have found some independent, smaller trucking companies that we hire to go pick up the goods for us in whatever state that we find them in. And it's a you know double to triple the cost of what it would normally cost me to get that merchandise from point A to point B. So now I'm a broker in the trucking industry mm-hmm. trying to uh, alleviate the shortages of products that we are coming across because, A, if you can, if you're lucky enough to find it, then be getting the product from point A to point B. I mean, I've sent my own employees in pickup trucks for eight-hour drives to go pick up merchandise that we desperately need for different reasons on it. And you can't it, even it's rent a, different... a truck, is that right? I mean, if you wanted to go out and just rent a bigger truck to no. go pick up product, you can't even find those. No, no. And then, and then if you do, the fuel costs mm-hmm. on top of everything else for it. And it, it's... 
you know, you have to do something with these costs itself. So it's not just the product costs, it's not just the fuel costs, it's not just the trucking costs. But if you look at, you know, my hardware store, mm-hmm. you know, payroll May 1st of last year to May 1st of this year, it's doubled, you know, the payroll of the employees to keep the staff. And I am very fortunate. We have an amazing staff and I've kept the staff. But to keep up with today's standards and pricings and everything else, our payroll has doubled from and a year ago. you've not doubled your number of employees. No, no. Right. We, the exact same number of employees, just, you know, your payroll was doubled with it, right. which is fine. I don't have a problem doing it. I'm thrilled to death that I can do that. I'm thrilled the business is supporting it. Right. Uh, it's just there's a lot of costs that have come into play this year that have never been in play in the 48 years I've been doing it. Jason, is this the same stuff you're hearing in Canada, in Mexico, in Great Britain, in Ireland, or is this an American problem? Well, yeah, I think the shape of the the COVID response programs that we put into place here in the United States are unique. And that's unique for two reasons, Rick. One of those is, right, we have kept a, a fairly high level of what I will call unprecedented federal intervention in the labor market over the past year. We have kept that going. And depending on what Capitol Hill approves in the next few weeks, um, I don't expect those trends to change. I don't expect that to resolve itself early next year. Um, So I I think that we're going to have continued intervention in the labor market in a way that we have not seen in other countries. Um, But two, we moved from programs that largely would be provided via state grants and other sort of mechanisms that flow down to state, local, municipal governments and have replaced those with direct deposits. Thinking about, for example, the child tax credit that now comes monthly, Mm -hmm. regardless of work status. So when I hear these business owners and these folks who are are enmeshed in the, the real living supply chains that they have to deal with and ensure, I think we're dealing with something very different than we have seen previously when the federal government can put a direct deposit into an individual's checking account that really diminishes um, their willingness to work. Frank, what have you seen? Frank, are are you seeing the the changes in terms of the the personnel costs for you two at Coons Market? Uh, Yeah, labor is. Labor's always been one of our big, 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 biggest expenses that we have in the company, and most important. That's the one that's in front of the customer mm-hmm, sure. every day. And I mean, we're always looking for more people. We we deal with thousands. I mean, each store is dealing with thousands of people coming through that every day. You know that you de- that you deal with. So we've had a lot of people that they're older or they're younger. You know, we see more of the the top level, the older people, and a lot of the high schoolers, you know, Mm -hmm. dealing with uh, they're not coming back to work because they don't feel that it was was safe dealing with the public. Not things that we did, but handing back, you know, cash or cards back just at the register, that face-to-face contact they got worried about. And so we've lost some of those people. We've had some come back afterwards when they felt that it was more safe. But... um, We've seen, we've seen a lot of that, and it's been a big change. And us as companies are always now looking for, you know, what are our options? You know, what do we do to try to uh, alleviate some of those labor shortages? Because, you know, it's not you know, like, we, like we have 
two stores with self-checkouts. The reason is not to, re, you know, replace a cashier. Sure. The reason is I don't have a cashier that, to be able to go there. You're not taking somebody's job away. You're make, you're getting people through the line. Absolutely. Frank Dantisi yeah. joining us from Coons Market. Jason Kilmeyer talking to us about what's happening globally when it comes to supply chain issues. And Andy Amrine, part of our panel here from EV True Value Hardware. Rick Dayton Show rolling on on this Thursday afternoon, doing something a little different today with a panel discussion. Joined by Andy Amrine from EV True Value Hardware in Bethel Park. Frank Dantisi, of course, the Coons Family Markets. You've known them all around Pittsburgh for many years. And also Jason Kilmeyer joining us. And Jason is more of a strategist. He's been uh, involved as chief of staff for global issues and supply chain issues. And so he is taking a look at things through sort of a global lens. Frank, we're going to start with you as we start the second half of this discussion right now. As you go through this, do you get the sense that there is any end in sight? I mean, Andy was talking about things that, hey, those orders are canceled, that lawnmowers, you're not getting them for next spring. What are you hearing in the grocery business? Well, as far as fresh products, we've seen, like on the, I deal most a lot in our meat department. So beef, pork, and chicken here in the past September, in October, it's just about done in November. It really has eased up on the fresh product. You know, which is at least a, a positive. Like I'm not getting having any issues. The prices on the wholesale side are they're going. It's it's taking it's taking a little bit of time, but they're going down a little bit instead of going up every single day. They're they're actually ticking downwards. And we we do book things in the future a little bit as well, even on fresh. And I've seen that you know tick towards the downward side, which is that that's a positive for us. You know, and all through this this whole pandemic, we really haven't had too many problems with fresh produce um, until recently with transportation problems that have come up more recently, but you've never seen really an issue with the, with the produce department in general, which is good because that's another, another fresh product, uh, uh, you know, that people, that people look for every day in their diet, you know, and you want to make sure that fresh supply of food, you know, which is what really United States is, is known for too, to be able to have a nice fresh supply of food. You want to make sure it's secure, and it really does seem like it is secure. It's more on that packaging and that transportation are just real sticking points right now. Andy, as we turn to you in the hardware business, and, and not only that, but the contracting business that you do, too, because mm -hmm. it's not just a matter of selling fasteners and spray paint and you know lawn supply products and things like that to individuals. Right. You're doing a tremendous amount of work within the commercial business here and servicing those large accounts and large buildings downtown. Sure, absolutely. What are the challenges that you well, deal with from a commercial standpoint? The, How different is that? The biggest issue on the commercial buildings, and we have 600 commercial accounts from hotels to high-rise to mm -hmm. ballparks to the whole bit. The biggest issue on the commercial side of it is air filtration, uh, where normally for and the big buildings, understand, they take a different filter. It's not than, a 20 by 24 <laughs> one-inch filter that's going no, into an air handle. No, they, right. they don't. They have link filters and bag filters and so forth. And pre-pandemic, we would place an order, and these are sizable orders or, you know, $10,000 orders for filters. And we would place an order, and usually it would be three weeks, you would have those filters from the manufacturer. The filter orders that we placed this week, they're 25 weeks out. That's half a year. 25 weeks out. Right. So if a building, say the building, we're here, you know, with KDKA's building here. If this building would call me and say, I need these filters, can I have them tomorrow? No, you can have them in March. So and if you didn't plan ahead... 
now you're going to have to keep a dirty filter circulating the air through, and you can't clean them. These aren't reusable filters. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, and air filtration is everything in the pandemic now. Uh, They're trying to change them more often, not less often. So trying to get the word to our lead engineers and the building management companies and so forth, that filtration filter issues are a major issue. Um, 25 weeks. You place an order and think of it, Rick. It Mm -hmm. would take you 25 weeks to get an air filter for your house. Now that air filtration issue does go back to homeowners in that there is not as many filters available because the, the manufacturers that make commercial ones, a lot of them, they make residential also. Sure. Different divisions, so they're gearing to make more on one end to catch up, and they're not making as many on your end. Just so, like diesel fuel versus <laughs> sweet light crude and that sort sure. of stuff. So or whether gasoline, it's, right. you know, the biggest makers, Flanders and 3M, who make a lot of the air filters for your house. Um, yes, we have an inventory, but I'm four, five weeks out on our reorders coming for the filters for your house. So right. if you're a person that likes to change your filter every month, you better have a dozen of those filters. And when you get down to six, you better go start looking for right. them because you're not going to be able to get as many as rapidly as you did before on it. Right. Jason, I want to get to you in a second, but Frank, another question sort of in, in the follow-up to what Andy said. How much are you getting pushback from people about prices going up? I mean, I read a piece this past week that said, hey, customers, the the, the, the suppliers are just banking and the manufacturers are banking the fact that the consumer will just continue to pay. I mean, as the prices go up, they'll pay. Do you have people grousing in the aisles and saying, hey, what's going on with these prices, Frank? Yeah, we do, and and that's because you know you know you might be going out to buy a hard good you know hard goods every now and then a couple times a year, at, you know. But when you're going and buying food, two, three, four times a week, you know people see those increases as they're going through, and you know we spend a lot of time right now, like just what the customers seeing in increases. That's nowhere near what they what we're getting on the wholesale side. Uh, what we're what our costs are going up, you know, as far as buying that product in, mm-hmm. you know, we hold we we try to hold things as much as we can. You know, sometimes there's a, you know, it's going to go up for the next couple of weeks and something will drop back down, and you can hold it off for a little bit. You try to do that as much as possible because you know we we worry about you know the customer what can they afford. Yeah. You know, we might you know might see a bunch of items go up a dollar, but that you know when you're buying 20 items, that's 20 dollars a week, yeah. or you know three times a week, and whether you're buying it, you you really want to try to keep things to be nice and affordable. But yeah, we get questions all the time about it, and you know, as a business owner, you know, yeah, our costs are increasing to buy it in. You know, our margins don't change because of the pandemic. Correct. You know. It's, if anything, some of our margins actually went down right. in order to keep things right and to be able to make sure that, you know, just to get through hard times for the customers and our employees who are also our customers, you have to do what you need to do. Well, you, uh, you know, Rick, a, a prime example, you're saying commercially and contractors, look at PVC pipe. Plastic is a really hard commodity right is, now of any right. kind. A four-inch piece of pipe, PVC pipe, two years ago was eighty-nine, ninety cents a foot. It's over $5 a foot right now. So I can't hold that price at $89.99 a foot for a piece of pipe right. when the wholesale cost on that pipe is $5 a foot. So right. in that 
you know, trickles down to home builders, to landscapers. You can't get the adhesive to, to hold the PVC and together you can't anyway, get the so it doesn't matter. to put it together yeah. again, but it's a prime example. Of, and there is no end in sight for that cost going back down. Right, and that's it a is terrifying not change. I mean, that price has been that price now for six, seven, eight months. That price has been there, and there's no sign of it. You know, easing. That's the scary part. Andy Amron joining us. Frank Dantisi from Coons Family uh, uh, Markets and, and the grocery store chain. And also Jason Kilmeyer. We'll get back to him in just one second. Round panel, our roundtable discussion continues. Our panel talk about what's going on with these issues of supply chains. And boy, it is a big, uh, big time mess. And we've been visiting with Frank Dantisi from Coons Markets, Andy Amrein from EV True Value Hardware. And we also have been joined today by Jason Kilmeyer, who looks at these things. And, and I said to Andy, it's almost looking at these things oftentimes from 30,000 feet up in the air. Jason, as we go through this discussion today and you hear from Frank and you hear from Andy, what does this say to you in terms of you know the numbers that you're hearing and, and the comments that you're hearing from people who are literally in the trenches? Yeah, I tell you what. First of all, they, the point that I forget if it was Andy or Frank made about the margins. I know so many business owners who are who are already taking the hit, right? So we see it as consumers, but these small small business owners all around the area are. I'll talk to them and they'll say, "How much further you know can things go? This becomes hard to take." But when I translate that, Rick, to your point, when I was part of Deloitte's supply chain practice, we helped federal agencies look out a few months in advance. I'm looking for the international indicators that are going to tell us how things are going to look into 22. Is there another outbreak of um, a bad outbreak of COVID in Malaysia, Bangladesh, Vietnam? How do the Chinese energy shortages, which are quickly turning into an energy crisis in the Northeast of China, how are they going to resolve that? Is the government going to move fast enough? And the reason I look at those international indicators and look at a lot of international press is because that tells us what things are going to look like here three, four months from now. These are things that are seven, eight, nine tiers deep in our supply chain. So hearing the pain um, that these guys are talking about and then looking out several months, I predict this pain is going to continue right well into next year, well into the spring. Frank, as you hear that, I mean, we knew it was coming, right? I mean, it's not that it's not not the first time you've heard that, I'm sure. How do you prepare? How do you continue to prepare your people and your employees? You take it day by day. Um, You know, yes, our expenses go up. The labor's been up. You know, prices are going up. Uh, All of our utilities are going up. But everyone else is in the same boat, too. As a business person and perspective of that, everyone's all the rest of the business are in the same are in the same boat as well. The unfortunate thing is everyone's costs going up as far as the consumers as well. And you just hope that, you know, people can afford to, you know, with these increases. I mean, as far as people go, I mean, their their wages, you know, the people that are working, their wages have gone way up, you know, uh, you know, compared in a fast amount of time. I don't know if there's another time in the United States history that, that wages have increased that much that fast. Yeah, you're right. You know, especially like the people that are the down – they're ringing up customers, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, which is the majority of the workforce, really, the labor force, and their increases have just become huge. I know my own my own kids are just looking at their pay. They're like, "Wow, we're you know, making a bunch." Yeah. Expenses yet. Yep, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true easy for them. Yep. But we need to take a quick break here. We'll wrap things up with Frank and with Jason and Andy right after this. Wrapping up our discussion on supply chain issues. Andy Amrine, if you uh, give us 15, 20 seconds, bird's eye view. What do you take away from today? 
I love talking about this. I love educating uh, my customers and, you know, all our listeners about it. And, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, what I was reinforced in my mind today is there's no end in sight. Right. You know, this is going to be, I'm going to be battling this for all of next year. Frank, do you feel the same way or is there something else that you take away from today? No, it's the same thing. There, there is no end in sight. Um, until people, we start stop hearing about the problems and start uh, talking about uh, solutions and real solutions, I think we, it won't end until, until we really sit down together as a country and do that. Jason Kilmeyer, as we wrap things up with you, uh, do you see anything that suggests that, um, you know, that, that this is going to even ease a little bit or that it gets a little bit better? Or is this just sort of, hey, we're in it for the long haul at this point? I think this is a long-haul thing, and Rick, one thing I'll call out in relation to that is people need to start to pay attention to fuel costs, right? So it's not just about the shipping. It's not just about the logistics. There is no manufacturing without fuel. And as those prices rise globally, that may add to the pain. Yep, there's a lot of different things to think about. So, Jason, thank you very much for being here for your expertise. We appreciate it. Frank, it's always good to hear your voice and have you on, and uh, we look forward to the next time you're on KDK. And, Andy, known you for a long time, and uh, you always speak the truth and always let us know the way things are going. We, we very much appreciate you being candid with the fact that, hey, this is a hard time for a lot of businesses. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. Sure. Thanks for the invite. Yep, Frank, Thanks thank you. Much. Jason, thank you. Thanks, guys.